Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm Luke Velasca. Can't wait to show you what we have today. Um, we've got a great episode for you, talking about contract rates, where those are headed. But before we get there, we've got to introduce a very special guest. In fact, a returning guest. In fact, more than a returning guest, he is a returning co-host of With Sonar, who left Freightways for a short time, but is back now because he couldn't resist hanging out with me. Please welcome Kyle Taylor. Kyle, how are you doing today? Welcome back. We're back together and it feels so good. It feels like I never left. No, thank you. Thank you, Luke, for inviting me back on the show. I had to beat Tanner and and uh, and the, the crew in order to get back, but I'm glad to be here. Awesome. I think we've got a little bit of sound difficulties here on my end, so I'm going to work through that with you guys. Um, but one thing that we want to do here is I want to bring you through a few things um, in Sonar. In fact, Kyle, if you don't mind, um, while I figure out my sound situation, Walk everybody through kind of where we are in the freight market right now, okay? Just give us a quick summary of 2022. We're starting to get towards the middle of Q1, right? We're seeing things off. We're seeing those highs from the holidays kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Where are we and what can folks expect for Q1? Q1, I think they can really expect to not be making much money. (laughs) It really comes down to, you know, what was negotiated on the back end of last year. Um, if you really are looking at some of the, the tender data and, and what we're seeing from a rejection standpoint, obviously we're seeing a really sharp floor here. It's been about 3% for the past couple of months. And so when you really think about more people holding really strong and, and, and tightening onto their contracted freight, uh, you know, that's a really good sign of you know, optionality is not there. And, and so as we're thinking of contracted freight, and you know how people are looking at some of the maybe the bids that are going out right now. It's it's a little scary to think about. You know, okay, well, how long do we maybe hold on to these contracted rates? Because we can maybe see some volatility come come down the future. And now we're at the bottom of where rates are. But shippers are starting to feel that too. So they're pushing down. They see the softness that's happening, and so they're going to really push down on their partners in order to try to get the least rate possible. Look, I think you can probably validate this a little bit more than I can, but the shippers, you know, they're what are they getting measured on this year? And it's how much can they cut from the budget? I mean, you can maybe call it furlough mageddon from the amount of uh, people that are getting laid off left and right. I just re- on uh, freightwaves.com, we just uh, reported that FedEx, you know, huge conglomerate, just like a 10%, not coming down from the you know, operations staff or from account executives or, you know, the individual contributors or operations people. It was coming from the from the C level, from the officers and directors. They cut 10% of that staff. Absolutely. And that's right. really showing it's it's insane. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And that's a great call. We we've seen this happen a lot of times. 3M announced earnings and they're going to do some layoffs. We saw Intel. Intel isn't necessarily doing extended layoffs, but what they did announce is Every single group of folks is going to get a pay cut. I think they said a lot of associate level employees are getting a 5% cut, 10% cut up to the director and VP level. C-suite is getting a 25% pay cut. So a lot of that is happening right now. We're starting to see some compression from a lot of these different companies. Now, it's not everywhere. Uh, General Motors just announced earnings this morning, actually, before the bell, or excuse me, yesterday before the bell, and they killed it. They crushed it. One of the best years. They did cite, though, that... 
While they did beat on revenue and on earnings, they did cite that there was some slight margin compression. They were Their margins were down 1% year over year. And I think that is becoming a theme, and that's where we're going to come and talk about where contract rates are going to influence, um, where a lot of these shippers are probably being pushed from the top line. They gave a lot. They saw record transportation costs. Some of these Fortune 500 companies saw their logistics costs more than double, eating away at billions in profits. And they're going to expect to get some of that back. And they're starting to push it. Remember, spot rates, if you're if you're mostly looking at the spot market, those have been compressed for a long time. We know that. And those contract rates, while they have come off of their peak, they are a long way to go before they're anywhere near those spot rates. And we're starting to see that. I want to, I want to draw us on this chart here that I've got behind us here. All right. So this chart is a comparison over the last year it's a one-year chart of where tender rejections in blue and truckload spot rates, or our NTI index, is in green. So um, spot rates, that's rate per mile. That's all in, including fuel. And the spot rate index will be here on the left side here. So you can see that sitting as of this morning. Might be a little difficult to see, but it's $2.50 per mile as of this morning, okay? Versus tender rejections are in blue, represented as a percentage on the right axis, sitting right at 3.78%. Now, you probably are wondering, okay, 3.78, really low, $2.50. I know that's low, um, but that 3.78 that you see there for those tender rejections in blue hasn't been that low since the bottom of the pandemic. Bottom of the pandemic, I think we we hit a bottom of around 2.8%. So this is the lowest it's ever been outside of the outside of that initial shutdown there in April of 2020. And spot rates are falling. You did see a little bit of a spike there, uh, there with that blue and green line all the way to the right of the chart. That was like Christmas, New Year's, but that's over. And, and we are really far down there. I mean, this is the softest I think we've ever seen it. Remember, tender rejections are tracking how capacity is interacting with demand. And right now, capacity is the loosest it's ever been, apart from that one little blip in the, during the pandemic shutdown. But capacity is the lowest it's ever been relative to demand right now. Um, and, and Kyle, you're right. This is going to affect different folks different ways. I think we're seeing logistics companies start to take this hit. A lot of those more established logistics companies that were probably more exposed to contract versus spot are really only now starting to really feel the impact of that. And it'll be interesting to see. Um, but Kyle, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, what are those conversations like from a lot of those logistics professionals that you're talking to? You know, do they have concerns? Are they optimistic at all? You know, what are they looking forward to? And then what are they thinking are those storms they're going to have to navigate? Yeah, I like to think of it as I have this much freight and I'm going to try to hold on with dear life for the rest of the year. And, and so that's really what we're seeing. So one of the big reasons why I came over here, came back to freight waves on the sonar team is, is uh, I'm leading the charge here on the enterprise logistics providers. And so I get to talk to the, the, the largest of the large logistics companies from carriers to, to brokers to forwarders. And they're all saying very similar things right now. Just came out of a conversation yesterday where, you know, we, we see a lot of budgets being cut in the technology sector. Oh, you know, whereas, you know, you normally would think, OK, in a down economy, normally technology will continue to surpass through that through that recession, because when people are getting rid of jobs, they want to do more with less. Um, one of the big things that I think it's it's the 
market representation of the company or the brand awareness. It's not a good look to be letting go of people right now. And I think the companies that are trying to hold on, what they're looking at is just how do we make our reps better? comes down to how are we training? If we're going to be onboarding new new employees, how do we get them you know, to full capacity quicker? And so that is the name of the game right now is, you know, how do we make less bad decisions? How do we continue to maintain our margins right now? And at, hopefully as we work through towards the end of the year, really a lot of, a lot of the, the C levels that I'm talking to are, are really earmarking Q3, Q4. I mean, at the end of the day, I can throw a freaking dart at Q4, Q3, and, you know, I can maybe be right, maybe be wrong. You know, I think it's a good logical decision, but you know, there's definitely a lot of things that has to happen in order for the, these rates to kind of come back in. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's how do we respond to RFPs? How do we make our, our frontline reps make better decisions without having to take up too much time? That's the name of the game. And that's really where we're seeing a lot of our customers really hunker down with their Sonar subscriptions, because now each individual rep is a market expert. You don't buy from someone who has the best product per se. You buy from the person that you like. You buy from the person that you trust. And so that's where if you can leverage that and leverage information to your people, that's going to make the biggest difference in this marketplace right now. So true, Kyle, and very well said. And I, I think what's what's really interesting with where we are right now is, and something that has surprised a lot of folks, including myself, is spot rates are, are looks like they're trying to find a new 52-week low. Right. If we if we look yeah. right here on this chart, the green line behind a spot rate sitting at 250, including fuel, that's right near its 52 week low that it hit just before December, um, where it was, I think, about 248 uh, uh, per mile. So we're right there. If, if this was the stock market, Luke would be saying bye, bye, bye. Yeah, let's go. Right? Come on. This, this is all the all time. Chips, baby, low all right the now. chips. Hey, you got it. You got a dollar cost average. But that same principle does apply. Because if you're a logistics provider or a carrier, right? If you're a 3PL, if you're a carrier, right? While margins are going to be lower and you're not going to get the same return per load, you need to be able to capture that volume from those shippers. On the same side here, if you're a shipper, right? Yes, you can negotiate lower rates and that's a reality. But also make sure that you're taking care of your providers as well and you need to give them more volume, especially the ones that are taking care of you, right? So, you, you know, there, there is definitely, from a shipper's perspective, they're going to want to save and we're going to see that on the contract rates in a moment. But they have to be strategic about how they do that. It's not just we're slashing rates across the board. That doesn't work in the long term because eventually the market will bounce back. As far as when and how quickly, time will tell, uh, but it will happen. I, I want to go ahead and, and kind of look at a longer view, though, of this um, here that I think will be I think it'll be really great to take a look at. So we're going to look at the same chart, the NTI, which is our spot rate index, as well as those tenor rejections, but over a much longer time horizon. We're going to actually look all the way going to before the pandemic. Here it is right here. I love this chart. I think it really speaks to the forecast that those tenor rejections give towards those spot rates, which will also forecast those contract rates. Um, so if we look here, all the way over here on the right, um, try to look through my table if you can, but you've got in blue here are those same tender rejections represented on the right as a percentage, and then the spot rates are in green, that's rate per mile, here on the left axis. Still today, sitting at 250 a mile. What we want to call out is we started, or we were ending 2019, a little bit before the pandemic, okay, right around 205 a mile. Now, a couple of things have changed, right? Fuel is much higher than it is than it was then. Labor costs are higher, insurance costs are higher, a lot of costs are higher pretty much across the board. 
So we don't want to get anywhere close to that $2 a mile uh, number that we were at back in 2019, which was not a good year for rates um, or the truckload market. It was definitely a recessionary year. But we don't want to get anywhere close to those because costs are much higher. So we're, we're more than likely not going to get close or really get down to that $2 a mile level. I might be wrong on that. I hope I'm I hope. I hope not, and I hope. I'm, and I imagine a lot of folks watching don't want to get close to that. But it does. But what's interesting is capacity relative to demand. These tender rejections here are way lower now than they were back then. We're right there. I mean, and that's the trend, right? But here, take a look at this, Kyle. I love this part right here. Pandemic hits, some initial volatility right here. That's that shutdown, by the way. That bottom I was talking about earlier. We haven't still gotten to that bottom. But then tender rejections. That blue line takes off. I mean, it's, it's rolling, right? Stock market didn't even move like that, Kyle. And the rates, the green line, the spot rates, they start to follow. Tender rejections in blue peak first and start to soften, and then eventually spot rates in green hit their peak and soften as well. This is the reality. So, Kyle, one thing that I, I'm telling a lot of folks is, you want to know when rates are going to recover? Look at those tender rejections down there. They'll tell you. But right now, they're still finding a new floor. They're still yeah. finding a new floor. No, and they're they're finding a new floor. But when you when you, you really have to think about the supply, and supply is significantly higher. The the cause of that bubble down there, or that floor that you were referring to, was really a, a a shock of demand, and no one was buying. So there was just an infinite amount of supply. You didn't have anything going. And so to see now, when you look at the, the correspondence, at least from an index standpoint, we were on our tender volume index, it was about 88.7 thousand, so 87,000 uh, basis points. And now we're up to 10,500. And so you're seeing a really big increase while at the same time seeing, you know, this amount, the acceptance is just through the roof. And so that's something to keep in mind as well. And because you can have, a, a huge hit to demand, but as long as the supply kind of flows together, you won't necessarily see it in the, in the, in the volume or in the in the rates. It's very similar to what our uh, Henry Byers wrote back in June when he talked about the you know the container containers uh, market falling off a cliff because you we just saw a a massive downturn in the amount of containers moving across, but there was still a significant amount of capacity. So if capacity continues to maintain. While demand kind of falls a little bit, it's it's you're going to see that downward pressure. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this maybe flows going through uh, going through spring, which we should naturally see some sort of increase come here. You know, at least before April. Kyle, are you still not to change sub- subjects on you just a little bit? I know you're a man who appreciates the finer things in life. Are you still collecting some nice shoes and watches along the way? Yeah, yeah, I, I got my Air Maxes down here. So still, still, you know, uh, still a bull on on Nike, <laughs> even though you know some surplus inventory, which is good for me. And you know, not much of a watch guy, but I do have my my good Casio, and it. gets the job done for twenty five dollars. Just a little fruit, just being a little frugal during this time. Hey, nothing wrong with that, especially in this inflationary time, because because you can use that extra money you can to buy lower in the stock market. Okay, Um, not that that's financial advice, of course, but you know, anyways, usually (laughs) proves to be a wise endeavor. Um, Very good. Now, 
contract rates. I've been telling you and teasing you about it. And by the way, we're going to look at that import data that you mentioned that Henry Byers called out back in June. But contract rates, we got to show it here. Pull it up on the screen. So this is going back about three and a half years. So we're going all the way here in the bottom right is going to be uh, the middle of 2019. So summer of 2019, all the way on the right. And then all the way on the left, that is as of this morning, okay? Technically, the contract rates are about a week or two behind, okay? Because these are going to be after those loads are delivered. So not quite as frequent as the spot and tender data, but about a week behind. So that $2.56 a mile, slightly higher than the spot rates. However, this is actually line haul only. So that'll show you how far below contract rates spot rates are. So that $2.56 a mile you see all the way over there on your right side of your screen, is only for the line haul. Fuel surcharge, I'll be honest, I don't remember exactly what it is. It's around 62 cents a mile, I believe, right now, plus or minus. I'm sure you guys are all gonna correct me there on that. But regardless, we're significantly higher still than spot rates. Easily 20% higher, an easy 20% higher when you factor in fuel. Traditionally, spot and contract are between five and 10% of each other. So assuming those spot rates remain deflated, which Per tender rejections, they will for at least the, the current uh, immediate future. Contract rates have nearly 10 to 15% to fall before they get back to that traditional threshold, which would bring us a lot closer to that 220, 225 range. Again, line haul only. So we should see. And we just hit a new low. We haven't actually been this low since July of 2021. So we have come down quite a bit. So we're at the lowest level we've been since July of 2021, and, uh, and we're falling. We're still falling there. So um, I think we're going to start to see some of those new bids come out, and it'll be really interesting to see where we go. Um, and it'll be interesting. But by the way, Kyle, I meant to ask you here. I think everybody wants to know, what Air Maxes do you have? And can you show us? These are called the dirty denims. Oh, um, yeah, my boy, my boy Tanner would would love these. We match all the time. Um, that's what we have on today. Just a good, again, you know, it's it's what tickles your fancy, and and that one, uh, I love these. They they go well when you're wearing all black like I'm wearing right now. Um, but but yeah, but I see you're still wearing the same Chelsea boots from three years ago. Good I to am. See. They uh, they go well. <laughs> Kyle, let me, let me bring it back. We only have a few minutes left. I got to bring it back here just a little bit. I mostly talk to shippers and I know what they're, what they're thinking. Most of the retailers, CPG manufacturers I talk to, they're trying to save money. They're trying to, they're trying to reduce their compressing margins. Their margins that are still compressing, they're trying to reduce that. They're trying to save money. And they're going to take advantage of this to an extent. But from your perspective, you're talking to the largest carriers and the largest brokers and forwarders out there, right? Based on everything we talked about today, how can they leverage this information to just communicate with their customers? Eventually, the market will go back in their favor. But until it does, how should they communicate? I mean, right now, logistics providers are just happy to be be at the party. <laughs> so, again, when you're thinking of, you know, it's how do we maintain throughout the rest of the year? I mean, we don't like the rate per mile. Profit margins are being compressed. We have these lofty goals that everyone gets at the beginning of the year. So every sales rep is looking at their quota and saying, holy crap, this is, how am I supposed to do this? And if I'm not aligned appropriately, you know, if I'm in a certain style of industry, you know, it, it may hurt more than others. And, and so as new bids are coming, it's, you know, smile and wave. 
It's how do I develop that relationship? How do I continue to be that market expert? How do I continue to be building trust with my champions at these large shippers that are going to, when that bid comes up, you know, give me a chance or even to your, what you're talking about. We're seeing, um, I actually just got off the, the phone with a, a very large asset carrier with a brokerage up in New York today. And they're seeing more spot business coming out as of recently. And so spot historically for these large uh, carriers and brokers in this space is an opportunity. It's how can I just cut my teeth on the spot? I'll take it. I'll take it. It's the, it's the worst of the worst. It's what's fell through the routing guide that's, that no one wants to take. And in, in hopes that when these uh, new RFPs, whether or not they're mini bids, quarterly bids, annual, I, I doubt any shipper is going to be doing annual right now. Um, but in the, in the event of that, it's just to get them to the dance, to get that ticket so that they can start to leverage this when the market becomes in their favor again and we can start doing our general rate increases. So that's what we're hearing. That's what uh, some of the initiatives are around development of uh, employees. And, and that's going to be the focus that I think we're going to see at least for through half one of 2023. Love that Kyle. It's great, great feedback. Thank you for that. I want to throw one more thing out there. I'm going to try to be, you know, get my crystal ball out for a minute and try to forecast where things are, things are headed. Okay. So bear with me here. Okay. Um, we're going to look at imports here in a minute. Um, approximately 65% of all truckload freight is, is from imports. Um, so we, we want to look at that, right? So it's not all, but it's over, it's well over half. And that's definitely going to have a major influence on demand. And we know that capacity is very loose right now. And we need to see demand picked up. So let's look at this real quick. Um, this is since the start of the pandemic. So you've got t- start of 2020 down on the bottom left. All right. And then you've got today all the way on the right. There's two charts here, two data sets. You have our, the sonar bookings, import booking data in blue, represented on the right uh, y-axis. That is the TEUs that are being booked today for future shipments that will eventually come to the United States. Okay, so these are bookings that haven't even shipped yet, but it's a proxy of what the volume is going to be will eventually come into US soil. So I book a shipment, it eventually gets to the port, the foreign port. It gets loaded on a ship. That ship makes this journey across the ocean, maybe makes a couple pit stops. And then eventually it gets, it gets unloaded, and then it goes through customs and it's here. And that process can lead by 30 days, depending on where it's coming from. It can lead by over 100 days, depending on where it's coming from and the, and the delays. The yellow line here is customs data. Customs data is the actual number of shipments that are clearing customs, meaning coming into the country and they are ready to be shipped throughout the economy. So what I want to look at here is we saw imports here, the booking data, keep keep it on the blue line, shoot up at the start, basically a couple months after the pandemic, right? Everybody's sitting at home, they're buying everything, right? And we get on this massive bull run. That's the blue line. And And the yellow line follows, right? Starts to come up along the way and it follows. Blue line hits its peak in uh, July of 2021. The yellow line, the customs data, hits its peak in about uh, early 2020, so about six months later. The blue line, those imports, they start dropping. That's the bookings data. They start dropping in late May, early June. Kyle, that's what you were talking about. That's where Henry wrote his article, saw the big drop. It's like, okay, party's over. Demand is going down. The floor is being cut up. But remember, 
those imports, the bookings have already, all these bookings have already happened. They still have to ship. And we see that happen. And the yellow line stays elevated for a while longer because it takes a while for all that freight to go through the economy. There's gotta be a place to put it, put it. People aren't buying as much stuff. And then eventually the yellow line really starts to fall as we get towards the fourth quarter of 2022. And a little bit of a bump there for the, you know, for the holiday, but we're coming back down here. But what I want to call out is that bookings data is still at the lowest levels we've seen since the entire pandemic. The only time it's been lower is that, that trough. Um, so again, I think that that's going to have an impact on demand, a negative impact on demand. Um, but again, there's always opportunities here. Different area. This is just the overall market that we're looking at. There's always opportunities in different areas of the logistics market, and that's what's really important. So even though the overall trend is down, there are, there's opportunities. I was looking at the Detroit market is up 25% year over year in terms of outbound truckload volume, versus the overall market is down like 20% year over year. Some markets act differently, right, Kyle? Well, you got to think macro, right? So to your point, you know, why did we see such a, a surge of bookings coming through the entire post-COVID, you know, uh, environment? And a lot of that was everyone was really scared that they weren't going to have inventory in place when their seasonality yes. hit, when they needed their products on the shelves. So everyone just decided I'm going to get space now and I don't care because if I miss then we're either going to have an insane amount of inventory that can't be used for a whole another year, which means warehousing for a whole another year, maintaining of space for a whole another year. That's or we have to just chalk it up. Kyle, and sorry, I got to shut you off. We are live on TV and we are out of time. We will have you on again in the future and have a fantastic rest of your day, everybody.